and welcome to another edition of You Should Have Been There with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. And today we are discussing embarrassment when travelling. The two, in my experience, are incredibly uh, closely entwined. I agree. Uh, I agree entirely. In fact, I'm blushing at the very thought of it. <laughs> well, everything about it. Um, you are typically going into a strange land with strange rules. You don't know what they are. Even these difficult days, is your mask worn correctly in the right situations? Is it properly aligned? Um, there are so many pitfalls for those who are embarrassed about being embarrassed. Yes, I, I remember once being at an underground station in London. I think it was on the Northern Line, uh, one of those where the uh, escalators are endless. And uh, I was coming uh, down the uh, escalator with lots of other commuters. And at the bottom of it, the bottom of the up escalator, there was a very portly tourist from the Far East, I think, trying to walk up our down escalator <laughs> instead of going up the up escalator. I have no idea why. But uh, there was a desperate grin on his face. And I presume um, that uh, his embarrassment uh, would have known no bounds. Uh, exactly. Um, and it's uh, perhaps true, as I've heard, that um, the first thing you should learn to say in a foreign language is, um, why are you laughing? <laughs> but um, even more useful from the point of view of uh, uh, avoiding embarrassment in the first place is to learn push and pull, because then when you're going through a door, there will not be a comedy moment. Of course, uh, ladies and gents, as in, as in um, uh, the, the um, washroom facilities, um, and well, I always thought that in any case, um, two beers, please, and the um, very useful adjunct, my friend is paying. Ah, oh, that explains why I always spent more than you uh, during our travel trips. It was my financial embarrassment, actually, that was the main main cause of that. Yes, uh, but of course, you're you're out of your comfort zone. You don't know quite what the rules are. You're trying to follow on, um, f f follow along, and um, you just that everything is conspiring against you. I was desperately on my first trip to Italy trying to figure out where I could, um, uh, where I needed to leave the train because station after station, as far as I could see, looking out the slightly grimy window was called Sotto Passaggio. Um, and I couldn't find it anywhere on the map. And of course, it is simply the um, uh, the, the, the Italian for, for passenger exit and pointing down the stairs at uh, where we were supposed to go to escape from the train. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, foreign languages are uh, a cause of um, severe embarrassment. And in fact, listeners who, who know Spanish will know that uh, one of the most embarrassing words in Spanish is the word for embarrassed. Um, and if uh, you have committed a fairly sort of classic touristic um, idiocy uh, and then want to say, oh, dear, I am embarrassed, the word embarazada actually means pregnant. Uh, uh, is there a word for embarrassed that we would recognise? Uh, you have to say that you are ashamed or you have shame. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Um, that, that's, that's, that's tricky and uh, probably yet another reason why why. Uh, the British are, seem so, so scared of learning foreign languages because it is so easy to fall into a um, 
uh, an em- embarrassing uh, uh, hole which you wish the um, the ground would swallow you up. But I've I've felt, faced multiple embarrassments just this summer with um, transportation. And I think that is that's kind of guaranteed to get you before anything else does. Um, for example, I was um, the first time we were able to go to Italy. There I was at Trieste. Um, airport um, trying to get to the beautiful town of Grado and I spent about um, half an hour before the bus arrived trying to buy a ticket of course I couldn't because the machine was utterly impenetrable and then um, I found myself ordered to go and sit on the bus by the driver um, to the great shame of all of whom knew that I didn't have a ticket and thought I was trying to um, uh, beat the system and my lovely daughter Daisy um, who I enjoy traveling with a vast amount um, does believe that um, actually my my uh, for somebody whose profession is travel I'm not very good at it. There have been a few embarrassing moments travelling with my dad, but one of the more embarrassing ones is we were at an airport and we sort of forgot we were at an airport and actually had a plane to catch. And then there was an announcement asking for the two of us to board the plane because they were about to leave. And our seats were right at the back and we had to walk down the plane aisle and it was super embarrassing because everyone was glaring at us. Well, obviously, uh, Daisy's embarrassment quotient will have been hugely increased by the fact that uh, she was traveling with a parent and it was the parent who was responsible because in a way, uh, we as parents uh, are far more likely to cause embarrassment than we are to suffer it. Oh, of course. Um, And especially if if your parent is supposed to be somebody who knows what uh, he is doing in terms of um, uh, getting around this planet. Um, You must have had transportation um, uh, embarrassments, though, haven't you? Yes, I think the worst situations have usually been to do with higher cars. Uh, Yes. uh, Now, this is something you probably won't be aware of, but uh, uh, there's always a problem uh, as to whether your car is diesel or petrol. And uh, that can cause the most appalling embarrassment if you put the wrong one in and then end up uh, with your car disabled in the, in uh, the middle of a motorway somewhere. That that hasn't happened to me, but a very minor variation on it happened. And it did cause me a great deal of, of uh, discomfort. Uh, I call it a kind of, uh, well, let, let's use the government's latest term really i call it a sort of tier two embarrassment one not so much where you want the ground to open and swallow you up but the uh, <laughs> i must make sure i never go there again or i should get my coat if i had one but i think it was quite warm at the time because it was in the south of spain yeah. and um for some reason the car that i had <laughs> asked for wasn't there uh, they hadn't you know the car hire company had run out of uh, small manageable vehicles so I ended up with some kind of uh, Volkswagen um, people carrier which I then had to drive around the narrow winding roads of of inland Andalusia and uh, obviously at some point uh, I needed to refuel it and I stopped at a a petrol station and uh, it was a small one so there were only two or three islands of pumps and it was probably the only one for many miles around um so i stopped at a pump um and then i realized i could not find for love nor money any way of opening the petrol cap which had some kind of special security feature on it 
And uh, I, so there I was sort of sitting there as the queue built up behind me. And I, I didn't really sort of think clearly enough because I was so embarrassed to just move the damn thing. And uh, I, I uh, looked in the glove compartment and, and couldn't find any kind of instruction <laughs> manual because there wasn't one. Uh, and then the people came up and said, hey, senor, what are you doing? And I said, I, I'm trying to open the petrol uh, cap and I can't. And because it was Spain, people were really quite good actually they uh all joined in and people had all kinds of different theories about how you open the petrol cap on this particular thing and none of them were right um and eventually uh someone came up to me who was about 10 cars down the queue which I had caused and he said uh ah he said I used to drive one of those he said there is a little lever which is sort of hidden inside the (laughs) door frame somewhere down on the left hand side and sure enough it was and uh I got to say I (laughs) I was uh, I was uh, mightily relieved. Well, not, not having been a, um, a a car owner myself, um, I, I have, or and not a very uh, regular driver either. I have little to add, except that um, uh, once I had a girlfriend who had a Ford Escort, and you might remember, and this was probably the nineteen eighties. It was all too easy to leave the keys inside and lock the door, and this duly happened. I think somewhere in the forest of Dean, um, but. But luckily, um, again, people came to the rescue, in particular, um, people from the uh, motor trade who knew that basically all Ford Escort keys were all exactly the same. And therefore, um, <laughs> it would be a, a moment's work to uh, uh, get get the thing um, unpicked. So there we are. But I, I have had a number, an embarrassing number of run-ins with the police while driving in America, considering I don't drive very often. Um, that's that's um, a little worrying. Um, speeding in um, uh, South Carolina, speeding in California. Um, on both occasions, it seemed to be that um, being British was taken as a plea, plea of mitigation and I was let off. But then um, I went to see the um, the, the amazing Boeing factory tour in the days when they seriously made Boeing 747s in Seattle. And of course, it was in the middle of nowhere. So I started hitching um, on a road which may have been a kind of interstate or slipway to it. And the police car stopped and picked me up. And it was embarrassing for both of us because I didn't know whether I was being arrested and moved on or being given a lift in a friendly fashion. Anyway, I was um, uh, put put down in a shopping mall right next to a bus stop and, um, and, and, and effectively told, don't even think of doing that again. I think that these embarrassing situations, which obviously can happen anywhere, really, you know, restaurants, um, uh, toilets and showers, uh, airport security, you name it, um, queues, actually, um, uh, which, which are <laughs> kind of odd in that they often yeah. don't appear to be queues, but do have their uh, own rule. I remember the first time I queued up to buy bread in Spain at a panaderia, which was probably open on a Sunday morning and was probably the only shop in the village or town that was open. So there were big queues, long queues of people, except it wasn't a queue. It was just a, a kind of um, a mildly chaotic mass except they always seem to know whose turn it was (laughs) and I thought I don't know what to do shall I just take a chance and jump this apparently non-queue uh 
or shall I try and find out what happened? And I listened very carefully. And I then realized that every new person, every new Spanish person who uh, who came to join this merry throng asked the question, ¿Quién es la última? Who is the last person? So, of course, that meant that you knew who the person was who was in front of you. And they weren't in a queue at all. They might have been somewhere over sort of by the child's playground, but they would still know when it was their turn to um, go and get their bread. Isn't that great? Fantastic. So, so, so the lady in the red dress puts her hand up um, and you just keep out of the corner. You're right. You keep an eye on her. And after she moves, you know that you're in pole position. What a very civilized idea. So much better than just standing around um, in, shuffling along in a, in a line. I, I think that's very good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, can, can I bring up something, though, which is very of deep concern to me? And this all has to do with France, which clearly is in the on the no go list. But one day we will be able to return. Um, there's a couple of things which um, I find embarrassing might be because I'm British, and very, very English. Um, so uh, it's when you kind of know people a, a little bit. At what stage do you go from vous? to two from the, um, uh, well, dare I say it, the formal to the intimate. And also, um, when you're kissing, am I right in thinking that depending on where you are in France, you might kiss once on the cheek, twice, three times. I dare say there's even a a little enclave somewhere where it's four times. Can you explain, Mick? Uh, The answer is no, I can never remember. But I don't think there's ever a once because um, I think it's twice or three times. uh, But I don't think... I, I, I'm sure I have been embarrassed at doing a one and then <laughs> turning away and finding that the person who I was kissing was still standing there um, offering the other cheek, as it were. <laughs> um, but, but the answer is no, I really can't remember. Um, I think that's OK, actually. I think it's one of those things that's embarrassing, but sort of in a good way, really. I don't think it's too much of a great problem. Um, uh, but I do think that one of the things that happens in France, which can cause great embarrassment, is um, uh, all of their... Uh, customs which are actually quite often quite serious rules around eating um and one of them of course which we have fallen foul of a number of times uh, mm. in the pyrenees when you walk for quite a long time and often can't actually guarantee what time you're going to turn up at your accommodation and uh, if you get there one minute after seven thirty, then your chance of getting your supper are seriously diminished because that is when you sit down and that's when you eat um, and uh, and then uh, i think the most embarrassing thing that happened to me when i first started traveling in france was eating in um cheap and uh, cheerful and very lovely uh, French uh, country restaurants uh, where you would be brought a tureen of soup usually Mm. at the beginning of the meal and if you were young and greedy as I quite obviously was to see this huge tureen of uh, beautiful smelling soup in front of me was just too much so I would you know, liberally ladle out stuff, keep the terrine on the table uh, and then um, try and ladle out some more. And what I didn't realise was that this terrine was supposed to go round the whole restaurant. And, uh, uh, and and when I found that out, that was embarrassing, as it was with the cheese when the cheese came round and uh, 
you know, you actually uh, <laughs> had to take your bit and be quite careful not to take oh, too much. No. Um, I, I mean, you were you were trusted, but I don't think that's the case anymore because I think so many French people, so many Brits have gone over there and abused the cheese board that now they tend to uh, bring round the cheese and uh, say, would you like a little bit of this one, monsieur, and one other, <laughs> and they cut it off. Cheese board abuse sounds like something which is, well, I was going to say a fixed penalty, maybe maybe something more severe than that. Um, you never know, uh, which which kind of slightly takes us uh, uh, back to um, the the whole idea of, um, of, of, of formal penalties for um, d- doing things wrong. And I believe um, you were recently in, um, in, in Croatia with a, um, with a rental car once again, which seems to cause you quite a lot of trouble. Yes, it had been a very long day's drive um, from somewhere up in the north, um, Rijeka, I think, down to Split, which is a decent old journey, particularly as I was calling in at various islands on the way. Um, in an attempt to uh, write an article about Croatia's many and wonderful islands for the uh, fantastic independent newspaper as it was at the time <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway I got on the motorway uh, I got my motorway ticket um, and um, carried on to split and it was beginning to get dark and I thought I must get into split before it gets dark because I haven't got a sat nav I haven't got a map I don't know where it is I'm supposed to be going I remember it was called the hotel park but that was all I could remember <laughs> I got to the I got to the split turn off uh, along with lots of other traffic and queued up because there was only one booth open, uh, of course. And then I went to uh, pay and I couldn't find the ticket. I could not find the ticket anywhere. Now, it had been a really hot day and the car didn't have any air con and I had the windows open and I thought, oh God, I must, it must have blown out of the window somewhere uh the car was in the most disgusting state because in order to keep going and not stop i've been um, eating <laughs> crisps and drinking coke all the way along and uh I'd thrown them <laughs> willy-nilly onto the passenger side of the car uh meaning of course to clear it all up when i got to split uh, and the man in the booth just uh looked at me he looked inside the car. Uh, he said, ticket. And I said, I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. And uh, the queue built up behind me and sweat began to pour down my face. <laughs> he said, he said, no ticket. He said, maximum penalty. And it was a you actually had to pay for the whole length of the motorway, which is the longest one in uh, oh, Croatia. No. And I said, I. So all the way from the um, Slovenian border or something? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know how much it would have been, but it was it was a massive quantity, probably much more than the fee I would have been paid for <laughs> writing the article. Uh, and uh, uh, the I realised that the guy in the uh, booth was actually quite enjoying this, um, and um, and he took pity on me after a bit, and he. Uh, uh, enjoyed um, ushering all the other cars which are queued up behind me back up the motorway, <laughs> uh, probably onto the uh, onto the slow lane, uh, so that I could then reverse and um, and park <sighs> embarrassingly, sort of next to the booth, while I scoured the car. Um, and uh, 
other people came past and and uh, and sort of some of them laughed and some of them shook their <laughs> fists and um, because it wasn't obvious that I was a tourist because I don't look quite as obviously foreign and obvious and the and the license plates didn't betray my origins uh, and. Uh, after a while, the queue died away and the man came out of his booth and he said, I help. <laughs> and he started to look through my car. And uh, uh, while he was looking uh, through the rubbish, through the old crisp bags and the Coke cans, he started to hum a tune. And uh, I realized after a bit that it was the uh, it was the famous U2 hit. Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> which did actually make me laugh despite my predicament. And then amazingly, um, my phone rang or a text came or something and I picked it up and there sort of stuck to the bottom of it, probably with old Coca-Cola, uh, was the ticket. And uh, me and the man in the booth shook hands warmly and uh, my embarrassment was uh, replaced with a feeling of general well-being about the world. Well, that, that's very good. I mean, there is a, it, it is all too easy to carry that burden of embarrassment with you. Um, I, and, and running out of the variant on your story, I would say it's just running out of money, which is actually, I would say, more of a problem for younger people traveling these days than for um, our generation where cash was always king. Uh, because you talk to young people these days about, you know, so where do you where do you change money to get your dollars, your euros or whatever? And they look at you blankly and they assume that they can pay with their phone anywhere on the planet, which, um, of course, isn't always the case. But time and again, I've just, you know, I've, I've been financially embarrassed. My cash flow has uh, deserted me and even my last trip to ireland heading for the airport um assuming of course these days in a high-tech place like the irish capital you'd obviously be able to pay with contactless oh no so you, you do the embarrassed shuffle through your wallet you find a five euro note a couple of coins and you have to call out to the assembled bus can anybody lend me 50 cents <laughs> knowing full well that they're thinking first of all what a loser and secondly of course you can have 50 flipping cents um but why, why are you saying lend because <laughs> you're obviously not going to give it back awful <laughs> Yes, how people respond, of course, is quite important, isn't it? Um, I noticed that uh, as I trawled the internet looking for other people's um, embarrassing travel stories, and I was a bit disappointed with them, actually. Most of them were along the lines of I fell asleep on a train and or in a plane and then woke up and uh, there I was uh, asleep on a nun's shoulder or... Um, <laughs> yeah um or well, it sounds uh, like an entirely new podcast possibly not for this series or was something <laughs> to do with uh, uh with toilets which of course are uh, uh, sort of i was going to say a rich source of embarrassment and i do have one embarrassing tale i was staying in a, a barn in southern france which was attached to the house that a friend of mine was renting and uh the only way to get round to the house to use the toilet, should you need it, was in fact to walk quite a long way. So uh, a uh, a potty for a child, a large child, I must say, had been thoughtfully provided for the, uh, the residents of the barn. Uh, and uh, one very sunny morning, quite early, I was um, obliged to uh, make, shall I say, <laughs> full use of it. And I thought, uh, oh, well, it's a lovely day. I will take this out into what appeared to be a sort of patch of waste ground, but not overlooked by 
anything at all other than some fairly uh, uh, tall trees and quite a lot of undergrowth. So I sat uh, quite happily <laughs> on my potty uh, with no clothes on at all uh, and uh, listened to the birds singing. And then suddenly, to my horror, <laughs> I was aware of the sound of footsteps. And towards me came a uh, a well-dressed middle-aged man who looked as though he was on his way to church or something and um i couldn't for the life of me think what he was doing walking <laughs> through this particular bit of uh, of waste ground but more to the point he was walking right towards me uh, and uh, was going to have to walk right past me and uh, there was nothing i could do to hide my shame and as he walked past he just said bonjour monsieur and carried on walking, <laughs> and I, <laughs> and uh, I, I said uh, bonjour, <laughs> uh, and that was it. Um, uh, how, how brilliant! But look, he perfectly diffused it. You know, he clearly thought this could be very, very embarrassing for 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 uh, Longley as well as myself. Um, and so, all I can do is just just um, uh, just just. Uh, defuse the possible tension and um uh carry on with my my, my way and but it does sound like the beginning of a very good um i don't know nordic noir or the french equivalent um uh, where, where where you have um a tall thin naked man and his um uh, receptacle in woodland naked but not dead that surely <laughs> i'm glad to say not dead but um although at the time i rather wished i was of course yeah yes um, uh, but but look here we, we've talked um, largely about um, uh, our own embarrassment, things that we have done. Um, but if, but but one's travelling companions can also be the source of monumental embarrassment, um, as I heard from my um, uh, other lovely daughter, Poppy. We were on a trip in the Arctic on a cruise ship, which was later described by my own dad in one of his articles as North Korea on the sea. And one night there was a theme and the theme was explorers. So we were all dressed up in khaki when I think it was my mother pulled out a pack of beards and we had to stick these beards to our faces um, and we had our photo taken and it remains on the website of The Independent in one of his articles and my friends have managed to find it. And indeed, why don't we um, use that very picture to illustrate this week's podcast? Well, I look forward to seeing the photo and indeed adding it to the splendid website for our podcast. And by the way, do, do send us your embarrassing travel moments. I'm sure they're more embarrassing and um, better than the ones we've uh, recollected. But the way to do it is to find uh, anchor.fm slash you should have been there, which is all one word. You should have been there. Uh, and... Uh, and send in your audio story. There's plenty of opportunities, by the way, I would say, for um, embarrassment to be a, a, an aspect of our next podcast, number 36, can you believe? Um, and this is uh, Voyage à Trois, Three's Company, or as um, you uh, Riley noted, you should have been three. Why would you travel with two other people? 
and what are the many merits and uh, the disadvantages of being a threesome in a travelling sense? <laughs> well, we know that uh, in most cases, two's company and three's a crowd, but uh, we will interrogate that next week. And uh, in the meantime, from me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.